0: This is Breaking Through the Mayhem, the Sightly podcast series. Bringing marketing
1: industry leaders together to discuss the ever-shifting media landscape. Learn about the ins and outs of real-time marketing, brand safety, influencers, data privacy, technology, and so much more. All from industry experts with
0: real experience giving you the real answers. Now, let's break through the mayhem. Welcome to Sightly's Breaking Through the Mayhem podcast, where we're actually doing this live today, as you guys know, from the Brand Safety Summit here in New York City. Um, So I'm going to kick it over to self-proclaimed JSD, uh, and I'm going to let him actually tell us us a little bit about himself and his background, and then we'll jump into some of the questions.
1: Uh, It's good to be with you here today. Yeah, uh, uh, JSD, um, my actual name is John Suarez Davis. Uh, super excited to be with you here today, and um, uh, can't wait to have a conversation.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, I mean, the quick background
1: of me. I mean, I've I've kind of had like three major parts of my career. It Started uh, on the uh, the brand side. It was at uh, Kellogg's, um, and uh, so on the CPG, uh, running uh, global media and our in integrated marketing. Uh, then I went to small tech. Went to a startup uh, a company called Crux, a data management platform uh, that was acquired by uh, Salesforce. Uh, spent six. Great, great years at Salesforce, Chief Strategy Officer of the Marketing Cloud. And then, Adam, I I just recently, after six great years, I just recently left. I'm going back to uh, roll up the sleeves, do a little company building, and I've uh, joined a a venture studio called Superset as Chief Commercial Officer and uh, partner there. Wow.
0: I don't even know where to start with all that, you know? (laughs) I'm old, man. So you're (laughs) you're saying you're 23 years old. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I just picked up on. But, uh, no, obviously, listen— very cool career, Steamed, and, and obviously we're, here, we're excited to hear about you. So one of the big things that we're talking about today is, I mean, the world's gotten out of control, right? Um, I don't know that it wasn't always out of control, but I think it's more in our face um, today than ever, and people care about it more than they may have over the years. So how would you say a brand should be thinking about navigating today's culture? with the speed of information that's out there.
1: Well, I think, you know, you're spot on when you said, Hey, I, I you know, we live in this dynamic, uh, this dynamic world. And maybe it was always like this, but I, I gotta say it's, it's nothing like I've ever seen. Um, I mean, it, really, it truly is am- amazing. Um, the, the speed of information, dissemination of engagement, you know, the speed of culture, right? Like you said, is, is, it's just, it's quite frankly breathtaking. <laughs> um, I mean, my God, what? Right? You know, we're we're in the we just started November, and uh, what's in the news of all the social platforms and takeovers and so forth. So, I do this is an incredibly dynamic time, and and, and what it what it means to me uh, as I kind of think through it is. My goodness, you know how are brands going to navigate this space, and what is going to be required of them? Uh, and and what I think is, I really kind of come down to is again, you know, hearkening back to going back to the technology deep side on startups is that, you know, brands are going to have to embrace advanced technology, um, in, in particularly in areas of like machine learning and and you know language AI um, to deal with what's going on in the you know in the in the social space in the user generated content space. I mean, they're going to need to rely on this technology in order to understand um, the conversations at a deep level. And then, you know, how to, to quite frankly, manage it. Um, it's, it's again, breathtaking is honestly, and I'm not, no BS here. It's really the thing that comes to mind to ex- well, explain the situation.
0: Well, I think breathtaking can be defined as, you know, I could see it in you, fascinating, right? You know, as you, you start to look at fascinating things that change, we all know that risk is there when you jump into things in a new way, right? So yeah. how would you say that brands should be fair to those vendors as you're walking into, obviously, startup world, right, again? Yeah. You know uh, everything's not going to be perfect, right? When you were at Salesforce, it's yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. you say something, maybe harder to get it on the roadmap than it would be at another place, but you know you have the resources behind it. So how do you you expect um, those things to happen? Then obviously, innovation happens easier at startups, right? So how do you expect brands to give the right level of, of fairness in this process over the next couple of years?
1: Well, it, it's a great question. And I, I'm actually, I'm really intrigued even by re- your word fairness. And I'm, I'm actually thinking about it right now because I think <laughs> it's a really interesting word. And I, so, um, hey, because, and I think I have a little bit of a leg to stand on here because I came from the brand side. But, you know, the brands, um, the great brands that will not only, um, you know, survive, but will will thrive are the ones that truly understand, right, their values, the strategy that they're going to go to market on. And then they, they have the process protocols in place. And then importantly, they're going to have to adopt advanced technology at a faster clip than they've ever done. They're just going to have to. There is, I, I see, I mean, it's impossible for me to think of a way uh, as we move forward where brands won't have to adopt this, you know, uh, at, a, at an increasingly um, accelerated pace. And um, and that just is what's simply going to happen. And, and I, I just want to build one other thing on your fairness. I think they also, they're going to, the successful ones are going to really grow a, <laughs> a stiff spot. And and, and and hold technology, hold the platforms that they you know, advertise accountable. They're going to have to hold them accountable um, for the platforms that they are engaging with, their customers, their consumers, their people, in a way they've probably never had to do.
0: And it's interesting, you use the word accountable, which, which obviously I respect, but how do you get there so easily when you're a smaller company? And now obviously you've had different experiences in your career. So I think about your experience over the last six years, you got a lot more resources, right? You obviously also we're trying to teach everyone to bring one stack together, yeah, right. Yeah. So I think now it's starting to disseminate even further again because you have so many new use cases and different things that are populating in people's head. how do you how do we look at fragmentation and the spending of all this money? to actually make the right decisions right now. Because I, I, I look at it as, you know, when I get called by Salesforce, in yeah. my role, right? Yeah. You're trying to sell me that whole cloud, the whole stack, yep. right? The whole you stack. Take it all, right? Take it all. Customer 360, it should, baby. It be the only thing I do. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, you know, people... Um, have to diversify right now in an even bigger way. So what, what would be your, your thought there?
1: Well, you have a, a couple of really great points in there. And one I would just say, um, I, I think it's important not to confuse or to uh, correlate necessarily resources with productivity, um, right? I, I mean, some of the greatest innovation uh, comes with small tiger teams, small tight teams. So that, that's one, I think, ga- uh, one kind of watch out that I, I would I would lay down. The other thing is, is that, and I, I think um, you are also spot on, right, the, we we have a continuum, a pendulum of fragmented point solutions to consolidation to stack to reverberating back to like point solutions. And that because I, I think the reason is, is because innovation is typically driven from the bottom up. It's driven from the startup areas. I mean, that's just, that's fundamentally, I think most people and most research shows that. So what, but what brands can do is just be really disciplined again of you know what they're using their technology for. And, and to your point, you said use cases. Um, it's it's incumbent for the the brands, the companies, the marketers to intimately understand those use cases and then educate themselves through their own internal resources or you know valuable partners to say you know interrogate all the 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 the, the, the cloud solutions, the stack solutions, as well as their as their point to point. And I, I just want to make one other key one other key point, I believe, is that um, great companies on the brand side understand the value proposition between consolidated technology and then where they can differentiate, right, on some of these point solutions. So, you know, again, does it, so does one company say, you know what, Um, maybe a consolidated marketing stack with uh, email marketing can be here over in, I'll I'll do this in my last, right? I I still believe blue. Salesforce Marketing Cloud. And then they may say, hey, listen, there's other areas um, that I need that I believe are key differentiators, and I may go best in class. I may go point solution on that. And then the systems need to work together.
0: You know, it's interesting uh, taking it to a different, even further level, right? Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about how fast information is and the craziness Mm. within that information. Think about you personally, right? How do you separate in your cultural decisions as as a business your bias versus the brands you're working with? How do people stay disciplined today because obviously we're all we're all very heightened how we feel and how we think in this climate? How do, how do, how do we do that? And how do we allow employees to feel comfortable in, in their, in those decisions as well.
1: Well, I think, um, it's, it really does go and it's, it's, this is not a fluff statement. It goes back. It's, it's the values. What are you, right. And what do you have, what are your values? What are my values? And, and, and from an organization standpoint, whether it be a company, a society, an association, do you have clarity of what your values are? And, and then if you do, those values truly guide you and you have these principles and, you know, there's you know, talk about um, you know, it's it's only a principle and that you is it, that if it costs you money, right? That's when that's when the rubber hits the road. So everybody can talk, gotta stop if,
0: thinking that way.
1: right. You say, hold on, if it's gonna cost me money, I mean that's where the principle conversation goes up. And I and I think that's absolutely critical. When you have the values and you have the principles that are so tightly articulated and you live by them, and then again the proof is okay, that's going to cost me money, cost me revenue, it's going to cost me something, and I stick by it, that's that's the true guiding point for all yeah, organizations.
0: Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, obviously, as we listen to a lot of the conversations that are happening today, I think a lot of it's going to keep evolving around ROI versus consistency and authenticity, right? Um, some of the influencers that have always guided my thought process over yeah. the years are people that – stick to their guns, you know, they're authentic in their ways. And so who are some of the, the people that you idolize that have helped you, you think the way you think?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and um, that's great. And I, and I love the point in that too, is um, I, I do, I mean, again, my, in my career, I've always tried to look for that, that person or that group, but usually it is, I mean, it is the, it is the leader. I mean, the leader has a disproportionate in any organization, any institution, right. To, to again, help, define those values and make sure we're all living by it. So, you know, I look no further than, um, the, the, the again, the, the superset, the firm that I've just re, uh, you know joined uh, after after Salesforce and Tom Chavez. Tom Chavez is a serial entrepreneur. He was well, first company, was a company called Rap that he sold to Microsoft. The second um, is one crux that again, how we got to the Salesforce conversation. Um, and what I really respect about Tom is an, again, this absolute clarity of values. And back to my point about principle, like he's not a shrinking violet. I mean, we can look <laughs> him up or people on, you know, whenever there are people are listening to this, go in, Look at LinkedIn. He's challenging. He's going into the, the the venture capital community and challenging their advice and their counsel. And he's willing to throw down the gauntlet to some big players and influential <laughs> players and say, Hold on, hold on, hold on, on. This isn't right. And when you look at it, you're like, My goodness, Tom. Like that could be a chilling effect. Like, well, what if the deal don't get done? What if they do this? I mean, that's my, that's a thought that's in my head, but that's, a, that's someone I idolize, right? Or, you that's know, awesome. idolize maybe a little strong time. be like, shit, you don't idolize me. But, but I respect, <laughs> I respect deeply for that.
0: Awesome. What about in your personal life? Who's been, who's been the guiding principle and authentic person for you?
1: Oh, that, that one's, that one's easy. My wife. No, I know. i do mean, not. Again, no bullshit there. Uh, yeah, my wife. Um, so as you know, you said I go by JSD, right? My wife goes by AMSD, Amory Suarez Davis. And <laughs> uh, um, and and the reason. I mean, I give like again. She's someone that has went has after like undergrad went into social work. She was working in Chicago, going into Cabrini Green, Ida B. Wells, right, deep. Social work, holding families together. Beautiful. She then decided, you know, hey, she did that. Then she went on to business school, and then she had a professional career. And then, you know, and and she now has pivoted yet again. And she's really big into how like animal therapy and how that can help kids read and how animal therapy can help other people that have you know other traumatic things. And 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 all through that, I look at that as a steel thread. Like she has principle based. Um, and and also the last thing is she pushes me. I mean, she's the one who told me to go from Kellogg's to Crocs. From Crux to well, Salesforce, right now to go back. So that's that's why
0: that's my 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 true north star. Well, first of all, you have to say that either way. Yeah, um, but <laughs> in, in in reality, that's that's awesome to hear. In terms of like the the future of what you think is missing in this industry, if you had, let's just say we could fast forward. Yeah. Right. Seven eight years you'll be a lot younger. Yeah, I will uh, be 19 and, at that point. Yeah, so what 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 would you say is would be utopia to you in bringing together these businesses this way? Well,
1: and it's really it's related to um, why I have, you know, moved uh, to to rejoin, you know, Tom and, and Vivek fr- from Superset is because I truly believe, um, I don't know exactly which chapter we're in, but we are in a new chapter in this industry. Uh, we went from, you know, mass adoption, right, to, to digital. And if we're all honest with each other, we did that in a very rudimentary way. And, and monetization and performance was at all costs. And we kind of, we kind of, Kind of effed it up a little bit. And so now there is a reckoning. And I, uh, to your point, is I see in the next, and I don't even think it's, I I truly don't think it's five, six years. I'm talking now into year two, year three, year five, um, the whole area around um, responsibly gathering data. Responsibly managing data, responsibly activating data, all through this lens of trust and privacy—that's that to me is. Well, how huge. do you
0: how do you create, in your opinion, a consortium where brands can help each other? Then you know, obviously, there's a lot of conversations going on around that. Like, yeah. I, so I've been asking a lot of people today this question around: How do you give other information to help someone else when you're actually competitive with them? Well, so it's a it's an interesting. Uh, industry where we all want to sit and make it better but then we're also yeah. sometimes hurting ourselves so how do you how do you kind of balance that dynamic
1: yeah man you that's a really great question man you got me thinking on so many things like it because <laughs> because the way you phrase that you know to your point of coalitions and in my career we have always had some uh, blockers as far as you know how do you get Kellogg's and General Mills in a room how do you get Coke and Pepsi I get 18 Verizon you could go on and on but I think what's different here now Adam is that is that these are this is about rising the tide of everyone. I mean, there, there, is no, there shouldn't be a competitive blocker to talking about doing what's right about responsible data, about trust, right? So you, you really have me kind of thinking about that. I, and again, maybe I'm being a little too Pollyanna, but I, I don't see the tension for companies coming together and saying, how, is, how are we going to look at data? How is privacy a first right principle, No matter how we are, right? We're gonna compete on price, we're gonna compete on user experience, we're gonna compete on other things, but this is not a competitive comment uh, or a competitive conversation. This is about fundamentally, we gotta make sure. Everything. I mean, just one point. Key, uh, key point on that. Right now, as we stand, thirty percent of the world is under some form of modern uh, uh privacy regulation. Right, a modern uh concept of that. That is going to be. It's thirty percent today. It's going to be forty percent. It's going to be fifty percent. It's going to be eighty percent. If I mean, if we don't figure this out, this is existential threat to like you know commerce to like capitalism. I'm not going to go like <laughs> too academic on it, but like I, I I believe that
0: I truly do. Very interesting. And where are you located now? I am uh
1: I am low, I live um three fourths of the year in Indianapolis, Indiana, smack in the middle of the country and then the uh the other the other quarter if I think I did quarters was my my metric I uh my wife and our two boys we live uh in Michigan on a little island in a lake called Gull Lake, Michigan.
0: Wow. So <laughs> where do you consider yourself from? I
1: consider myself from Michigan.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And are you uh spartan fan oh. or a wolverine fan then?
1: okay are you you're, are you poking the bear are you are you, i I'm think just, you're poking i'm mean, just asking a question <laughs> you guys it? just
0: beat each other up so i'm just curious yeah, where yeah. you're where you're
1: uh, my amisty as i mentioned is a uh, is a nba ross graduate and i am a fanatic sometimes obnoxious university of michigan fan amazing blue Go blue <laughs> got it
0: and when you look at the moment that happened then with them right last week how how would you have handled it
1: well, you know, I don't, uh, I'm definitely not at that pay grade and they, they make some good pay over there. Right. It's a, um, but I, in all seriousness, it's, uh, it, it, it well, I feel it was a great game because of the outcome, but talk, <laughs> talk, talk, talk about a shitty way to end. You know, that's not, that is not, you know, um, no matter how much, uh, I'm not a fan of the, the, the team over in East Lansing, there is a respect and there needs to be a decorum. Right. And it's, it's, uh, It's not good, man. Yeah,
0: And I think that's built a lot in what we do here at at our company. You know, we're, we're focused a lot on, on values, on principles, how you bring those into the market at the speed of today's information. Yeah. I think you've been incredibly, incredibly helpful today in, in understanding your perspective on the industry in terms of advice, um, in closing to anyone listening, what would you say would be your best advice to learn about these topics?
1: Oh my gosh! You know, um, I'm really glad you asked that, that that question because one of one of the other persons that I just respect immensely uh, in the industry and in say in the marketing and business is uh, Raja Rajmanar, the you know CMO and President uh, Healthcare Division right at Mastercard. And one of the re- reasons I respect him is he just talks about learning. You know, learn, learn every day. Make it a part of your routine. And you know, books, podcasts. This one, right? Should listen to you more often. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm less about like specifically what. But the just the one key takeaway is whatever vehicle, forum, mechanism, learn, keep learning, keep. You really got to keep doing that. I, I mean, love if you're that. if you're not doing that, you really honestly should find another
0: profession. Are all your kids going to Michigan? Or- no, oh, they're
1: they're uh, they're not. We have a our oldest is uh, he's a, a sophomore at Grinnell College in Iowa. He wanted to go small liberal arts. We'll see what the younger one does, but.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, it was a lot of fun having you on Breaking Through the Mayhem today. And thank you. It was great to meet you. Hey, I really appreciate your time, man. This has been awesome. Thank you. Hi, I'm Joe, one of the producers for Sightly's Breaking Through the Mayhem podcast. We want to thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to learn more about the guests we had on today, we included additional information about them in the show notes. Finally, if you'd like to be on the podcast, or if you know someone that would make a great fit, you can fill out the form at sightly.com forward slash podcast. We hope you have a great day.